Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Third Estate Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Barca, along with Anton Bullich. So Anton, uh, we started last week, earnings season, pretty good. Banks uh, obviously usually report first, um, but you know later on as the week progressed, markets declined. Uh, NASDAQ was down for the week about 1.87%. S&P was down almost one whole percent. Russell was down 5% basically losing its its lead for the year to date. And then again, today, Monday, the 19th of July, markets are down with the Dow Jones down 1%. Uh, NASDAQ, I think, was down one what, about 1.1% with also yields falling down, you know, at, starting last week, I think reaching at the lowest point, 1.299 on the 10-year and then again today, last I saw, I'm not sure what you if you saw what the lowest uh, decline was, but about like 1.18% on the 10-year. So why don't you tell just a little bit, people, do you think this is, what do you think is contributing to this, right? We're hearing all around the place, uh, yields are declining because of inflation concerns. Some people are attributing it to the Delta variant. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I, I mean, I think it's it's, probably a little bit of all of that. Uh, the thing that um, we're seeing, you know, we, what we've been seeing in the market is the market has been a little bit uh, dead and without direction. Um, I would say the in the second quarter for most of it, it we, we've talked about it a couple times, but it just wasn't really doing anything. And so um, it felt a little bit um, just tired. And so I think we, we've been due for a pullback, and I think that's what we're seeing a little bit. But also, there, there are still the concerns out there, which I've addressed, um, that this market is expensive. Um, we, we we're printing a lot of money, and we're exposed to a lot of potential shocks out there, whether it is inflation or the Delta variant. Um, I'm not so much concerned about the Delta variant. I can't speak to... Yeah, me neither. I mean, let, let's be honest. Do we really think that as much as people are talking about how there's still a large portion of the population within the United States, at least, who are unvaccinated, not reaching the Biden administration's plan, I think what they were trying to get to 70 percent around this time. Right. Uh, I don't think we're going to go back into to the lockdowns with the kind of data that we're at least I'm seeing. Right. People, people are fed up. I mean, when I was in Colombia, for example, not including the Delta variant, people were essentially ignoring the restrictions, right. And lockdowns because they were just tired and sick of it. I don't think we're going to be able to get to that same place. So I think as much as people are talking about, it's the Delta variant. I mean, maybe history has shown us, right. That markets typically tend to overshoot and that's not just on the upside right, of how you're mentioning the uh, higher valuations and such, but it's also on the downside with some of these market reactions. It's a, a knee-jerk reaction. So, I mean, you mentioned that. What are your thoughts on, you know, moving forward? Because we are going into deeper into earnings season, right? We've heard from the financials. Soon we'll be hearing from the, the typical FANG stocks, right? Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, and such. What are your thoughts on what we will be doing with all this kind of volatility that we're experiencing, but the expectation that earnings are going to be good this, this round. Um, they might, they might be uh, good this round because the, the market 
in the second quarter was opening up the economy in a lot of states, even the states that were more conservative with their the lockdowns and opening up from them. They, they opened up, you know, I'm in California and, you know, we opened up in mid June. So earnings are going to be better, especially relative to last year. People forget earnings got smacked around last year in peak COVID. And so earnings are going to be better, but I think um, I'm more worried about what, what, what's the economy doing moving forward into the third quarter, which is what earnings are about. When people, people forget about that, when, when earnings are reported, they're basically just a confirmation of what happened in the past. And they do provide us some indicators, obviously, but, but you can have something happened, happen in the, in the second quarter. And, you know, it's, it's more, we're more concerned now what's, what's going to happen moving forward. So I think, I think the economy with, with the inflation that we've already seen, that affected some things. You know, we talked about lumber on a couple podcasts and real estate and the prices of some of these commodities that went up during the second quarter that had ramifications on business activity. And it may not have had immediate activity implications because obviously any business, right, when they go to buy their product that they use to create whatever good that they make, they do it in advance. So, so they were buying second, they were buying their, their, their goods in the, that they need in the third quarter, they were buying that in the second quarter. Same thing. If you're producing your good in the second quarter, you're probably buying that in the first quarter. If, and it depends on the business, right? Some of these businesses are buying it, you know, they buy it well, you know, farther in advance than that. So um, I, I'm a little bit more bearish on the activity because uh, you know, the, the activity we've seen in, in the, tr- in the treasuries and the bond markets, it, they've kind of, been poo-pooing the impact of inflation. And I just don't really believe in that. I don't believe what the Fed is selling us. So I think it's uh, the market is is kind of realizing, hey, we need to be um, a little bit more uh, aware of the risks and not get ahead of ourselves and not just take what the Fed tells us for granted. Um, So, and I think that's something that you know, we're doing, but also I think just in general, people should be doing in the market. So, I mean, what do you think about what the Fed has been saying? And, you know, that ask, that view on, on where we're going. On if inflation is, is transitory? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think there are some components of inflation that are, uh, and I think we will get to some sustained levels. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned lumber earlier, right? So interesting fact, lumber is actually down year to date, even though it had tripled, right? Or something like that, um, which, is, which is ridiculous from, from its low prices. So though we had this and that kind can of- be a sign, That could be a sign though that, that the activity is coming down, right? Because demand for the lumber is what we got so high, I think that potentially activity- basically shut down completely, not completely, but you know what I mean? It, it's it, slowed reduced, down. it slowed down to such a level that now prices are, like you said, the, the market sometimes will overshoot and undershoot in both directions. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's also possible that that might actually help ramp up activity a bit. Just there's so much liquidity into the system, right? Of 
people nowadays are putting money into crazy projects. You have Dogecoin, you have AMC, these meme stocks blowing up. If we get to this point where we go deeper into a correction, and, and I mean, we're already in a correction territory when it comes to the small, the Russell 2000, right? Uh, the Dow Jones from from the highs, the 52-week highs. So are we going to continue to depress here or is this kind of the spot that will go up? I mean, time will tell. And I agree with you in regards to earnings that it's really going to come down to if these companies believe that in the future – because we are anticipating that these earnings are going to go well. So we might get some bumps, but I agree with you, right? That we're going to need to get some sort of verbiage or confidence from this man, these management teams that we're going to continue to see some booming activity within these companies. And you already saw it last quarterly season of inflation was one of the biggest concerns that we saw across the board, right? I'm not I'm not an economist. There are smarter people than me. I will fully admit on whether inflation will be too serious of a problem. I have meant we've mentioned it before that stagflation is one of those things that we're a bit concerned on, right? So I in full honesty, we'll have to see. I'm one of those people that just likes to go with the data. I don't I I'm hoping that we will not get into that kind of situation of stagflation, high unemployment, you know, uh, high inflation. But it seems like the employment numbers are improving on that standpoint, slowly but surely. Now, we're not probably at the point that we want to be, but I'm optimistic further down the road probably than you are uh, when it comes to the economy moving upwards. You brought up stagflation, right? So. What people, for people that don't know what stagflation is, that basically means that you have high inflation and very low growth. And the activity, to, in my mind, um, it's, it's becoming more, it's becoming a bigger and bigger concern about stagflation to me because we are setting up for that because what we're doing is, is we are basically handing out unemployment benefits, Right. And, and spending money that we don't need to spend anymore. Um, you know, they're trying to pass another $3 trillion in spending. We don't need it. We've already spent a lot. And, and, you know, there is spending, any spending that you do, somebody will benefit from it, okay? The problem is, is you want as many people to benefit from any action that you take and as very few people to uh, suffer from it. And I don't think government spending at this point adds any value. I think it, it hurts far more people than it, that it helps. And so when you are spending money, what is that doing? That's spurring inflation. But at the same time, when you're handing that money to people and they're not looking for jobs because of that, what does that do? That spurs very little growth because how are you going to grow when people aren't working or being productive in society? Right? So to me, that activity is is not it's it's very dangerous that we're seeing out there and i think when when the fed you know when jerome powell goes up to talk like he did last week and he's basically uh he was asked directly um by somebody in congress um 
do you think that these jobless benefits are, are hurting the ability to hire? And he said, no, I don't think so. And he said, it, I actually think it's a positive and, and I'm kind of, um, like I, it's not a direct quote or anything, but he said basically along the lines of he actually thinks it's helping because what it's allowing people to do is to hold out for that, that like that ideal job and rather than taking one and that, you know, that they need to take because they need to put food on the table. Right. So what he failed to address, and I'm going to, I'm going to give Peter Schiff some credit here is Peter Schiff mentioned that there's nothing wrong with getting a job that you might be, that might not be your ideal job and you might be uh, underemployed while you still continue to search for what you're looking for. So um, I think that is something that I'm most concerned of because the problem is too, is when we look at the, the interest rate environment, right. And what the bond market's doing, it's not giving us clear signal because it's such, it's so manipulated. Right. So when we're seeing a, a correction taking place, you know, it's hard to get a gauge of, okay, interest rates are low is our interest rates low because people are fleeing them to safe because they want to seek safety or are they are interest rates low because the fed is, is, manipulating the bond market. Obviously we know that the Fed is manipulating the bond market, but because they're doing that, it, it's it's not giving us information that we need to uh, really track the market. So, you know, obviously then what we have to do as, you know, managers of people's assets and money and then other people in the market is is kind of be a little bit less risky and and I think that's um I think people are just being sensitive to uh, the inflation risks out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I de definitely think, and I mentioned this actually in a newsletter to individuals last year, literally last year, uh, around this time, actually, that the way we have a spread of information is going to cause a volatility to have massive spikes similar to what we observed last year in March, right, following the the, co the pandemic scare in the U.S. of just you're going to have times of sharp declines. And we've known this from history. Typically, when markets have a decline, it's, it's in a short period. I mean, you don't typically have a bull r a run following subsequent few days, but we're going to have these sharp swings both on the downside and the upside just with algorithmic trading. And I think people need to take a step back when evaluating their portfolios and looking at their specific holdings to identify and make sure that they are positioned in if they're if you're going into stocks make sure you're positioned in those kind of companies that you actually have full faith in or have done your homework in right don't be jumping into the next dogecoin gmc am or gme amc uh, speculative meme stock, like it's all good and games. If you're just gambling with, with some amount of money not all of your money, hopefully. Uh, but at the same time, you need to know what you're owning, especially at times like this. I think it's a great time for people to evaluate what's in their portfolio and what's going to help it move forward, um, into the future, right. To actually grow. Cause you can't just be throwing things at everything on a macro level to identify, you know, oh, I see something, a meme on Reddit, and this is what I want to go into. Right. I want, I'm curious on your standpoint. We've talked about this, right? Moving forward, what do you think will, 
let's just play a little roulette or jeopardy here. What do you think is going to be happening within the next few weeks? Even though you already mentioned it, right? Earnings season, it's the anticipation of what are we going to see moving forward? Not so much what occurred past. Do you think this is correction? Do you think people should be adjusting their portfolios for further downside? I'm just curious on your thoughts because we actually haven't talked too much about that. Um, well, I will say for people who maybe aren't, aren't really aware, a correction is, is just a 10% pullback. Um, it is not a, a bear market. Uh, a correction can turn into a bear market and usually bear markets, uh, you know, 20%. from from the and that's just like a definition technicality standpoint right right um so what do i i mean i i just i think we will correct what i am curious about is will we correct and then maybe have a little bit of a jump back up because um we do you know the fed they they keep printing money they keep doing their thing and it's it's thus far since the 08 crash, right? It's continued to, to push asset values higher, but it does feel like we are at a point where you can't really, I, I cannot envision us going much higher because the differences between now and five, 10 years ago is, is the amount of debt we have. You know, you look at the, the, the total, the, the federal debt, you look at our deficit um, and, and I don't, it's, it's, and I think that's why the market got tired. You know, at some point uh, you, you have to have activity pick up and, you know, cause let's, let's also talk about the relativity. You know, you mentioned about earnings getting better earnings. It's all, it's relative to what they were last year, but if you look at earnings overall, it's going to be a long time before we recover back to regular earnings. I mean, if you look at certain sectors, right? We talked about the reopening. Cruise cruise ship companies, they're they're not really doing anything right now. I mean, they are making they're still I'm, they're, I'm, making bookings. they're making bookings, <laughs> but they're not I mean, how many I haven't seen many cruise ships leaving the harbor. I think they I can't remember which cruise line just did their first, you know, they did the first uh cruise I, I don't know if it was the caribbean or not but overall right those those that sector has got to be losing money still um they just they're they they do not have they're not putting out to sea so when we talk about earnings on that level it there's a lot of normalization that still has to occur just to get back to uh normal levels and um I just, I have a hard time seeing when and where that will happen. And the same thing when we talk about inflation, and again, I'm going to give Peter Schiff another shout out, you know, when he was talking about uh, Jerome Powell talking about how inflation is transitory, Peter Schiff made a good point that he said, people, when they hear that word, they think that inflation is going to, you know, it's going to go up or it has gone up and it's going to go back down to where it was pre all of this, you know, they think prices are going to go back down. And Peter Schiff made a point that, and he thinks that Jerome Powell knows this. When Jerome Powell talks about inflation being transitory, that's not what he means. He means it's gone up and it's going to stop going up at that pace. And then it's going to go back to being a more normal, as he puts it, 2%. Um, But it's going to, it's going to just keep going. 
it'll stabilize. The rate of growth will stabilize. So Powell is not insinuating uh, that it's going to go back down. And I think he knows that his verbiage on that is going to, is going to surprise some people when they realize that. Um, and that is, that is a problem. I mean, because the other thing too, and I think pe- pre COVID, this was a problem is people are aware that inflation has been bad for a while and it's just not being counted in the things that matter. It's very convenient for a lot of these economists to, to say, oh, there's low inflation. And then, you know, you look around at people and they're saying, what do you mean there's low inflation? Inflation, Food is more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Uh, real estate is more expensive. So um, I think that's a that's a distinction that needs to be made because there's a, there's a huge difference between what everybody's experiencing in the real world versus what a lot of these people are, um, are saying, um, whether it's in Washington or on wall street, um, in that regard. So. Yeah. I mean, you raise a good point. I, I know you've been, also, you're quoting Peter Schiff so much. I should just have him as my co-host. Why? Why are you here? <laughs> I mean, he has some good good info out there. Yeah, uh, but are you? Because you, you're participating in the market per, on a personal level. Are you buying at these point? This point, are you selling? You just keeping the course? I haven't done anything um, in the last. Actually, I need to look that up. I don't know when was the last time I made a move. I haven't done anything um, in some weeks um, now. You know, because I agree with you, right? You mentioned earlier that essentially, I mean, the markets have essentially just ran out of of the breadth, right, of all time highs or fifty two week highs, and you you saw a lot of those participants, the smaller participants. M- going up but in the past couple months or so it really just was attributed to these big tech companies like microsoft right and typically when you see that that's again that kind of scare of well are we getting to a point where growth is slowing down because these are the only companies who will be basically able to maintain in this environment right and i think that's partly why we saw this kind of rotation from the value slash cyclicals companies right after Powell's and the fed minutes a couple months ago not last month in, in june and and growth really start to rotate and, and ramp up now at this point though everything's been down the past couple of days i'm just looking at futures right now and we do seem to have made up some of those losses only 40 50 bips across the board so it's not anything significant to what we lost the past couple of days but I, I just need to, I, I need to see a little bit more of, um, I, I would say more direction and more of a pullback for me to, I think, have a desire to put any, any money to work. And again, uh, for my personal assets, and, and that would be in very select areas, because like I said, I think that there are a lot of areas of the market that are overvalued, but that, you know, people at the same time, if we have inflation, it, it would be being... Being entirely in cash, for example, is very dangerous because the inflation eats away at your cash. Now, in the short term, you can be in an inflationary environment, and I think, and, and have uh, cash 
be potentially a, a temporary haven of safety in the sense that you might have some swings where, but that's just very difficult. You know, that's very difficult to time. And so that's why, um, well, I like you say, it's people, temporary. It's temporary. Right? Exactly. It's, it's temporary. Like that, that is the true depth. Like that, I would say transitory would be, uh, you know, another word to use there that, uh, that's the popular word, but you know, I'll give you, I'll give you an example of, of, of a company that, that like we talked about, the market hasn't really been doing anything. So I was looking at Chevron today and, you know, it was in the $95 range. Um, and it hasn't been in the $95 range, uh, between 95 and $96 since February of this year. So, uh, ever since February, it's been, uh, north of $95. It was like mid, mid February. It, it went above 95 and, uh, it's been there for since February with the exception of now it's back down to 95. So basically all that action in Chevron since early this year during the first quarter is just, it's been floating sideways. If you look at that chart it's floated sideways, it had some ups, it had some downs, but mainly floated sideways. And now all of a sudden, we're back to the same price we were in February. And, you know, it's, it's, I think that kind of, to me, for my personal, like that's kind of how I see what the market has been doing um, for, for a lot of, of this year. I mean, you raised, I, I want to take a step back. You, you raised a good point with cash and you and I have talked about this before, not on the podcast, but uh, on the phone where it's funny when people think of cash being one of the safety trades in a case such as inflation, right? Of course, cash has its place when you want to have cash on the side as a buying opportunity, right? If markets decline, such as days like today or last week, this might be a buying opportunity to, to dip in and buy some of those positions that have declined that um, you view will be beneficial in the long term, right? But being all in cash is not, in terms of inflation, right, is not the place you actually want to be if you really think about it. If inflation is rising and going to levels that are higher than expected, that means the cash that you have, that purchasing power, it's eroding, right? A, a dollar to buy an apple. Now, of course, I don't know how much it is to buy an apple, but let's say a dollar is uh, an apple is a dollar. And inflation is rising. Well, now it might be a dollar fifty cents, two dollars if inflation gets out of control. If you apply that kind of same arithmetic to your investment portfolio, then being in cash is not something you want to be in. In the long term, you do want to position yourself into things like equities, yeah. bonds, or bonds. You kind of want to be selective, but. You, you do want to think longer term than just the immediate of, hey, should I just cash out of everything? Everything's dropped and and wait until we get further decline and buy back in, right? Equities are still as, as volatile as they are with other any other sort of asset classes also, right? You want to just think a bit more long term than what's just happening within the past couple of days or that single day's activity. Yeah. Well, any I final say- thoughts to let people know, Anton? Well, just to piggyback on that, I guess, would be um, being entirely in cash can be just as risky as being entirely in the stock market. 
is you're basically on the total opposite of that positioning, right? Of somebody who's entirely in the stock market. Now, sometimes, and this is from somebody who's had significant cash positions in the last 10 years. Um, you know this, and several of my friends know this. Sometimes, in my opinion, there is a time where uh, you might be, um, I would say, eating some losses by holding cash in the very short term because there might not be a, another uh, investment that you want to hold or are comfortable with, but it's very dangerous to, um, especially in times like this, to be fully committed to that positioning for a long period of time. Because over time, especially with the actions that, um, you know, these, these uh, government officials and these economists are taking, they're, they're, they're flooding the market with cash. And like any market, right? If there's a lot of something in the market, usually it erodes the value of that asset. So, and cash is no different. Um, so I, I would say, you know, there's basically right now, I guess to summarize where we're at, the market's looking for direction. And, you know, we're, we're I think a pullback is healthy. Um, I think that's a, it's, it's, you don't want a market that's constantly going up. Um, but we are, you know, we're kind of just kind of taking a wait and see approach to the direction and, and just, you know, maintaining a, uh, a conservative outlook and not. Yeah. And I mean, for, for those of you listening, the last bit of advice I'll give and we'll end the show here is use this time like any to evaluate your portfolios, as I mentioned, right? Making sure that you have the proper allocation based on that kind of risk tolerance that you can have for yourself as well as money allocated in the areas that you need. So if you're closer to retirement, right? You probably don't want to be completely into equities, you know, or if you have some sort of short term goal. I mean, Anton and I were just talking about a client wanting to purchase a car within a couple months and asking the question, should I invest that money? I mean, probably not the best idea just with the volatility because there's the potential that it could go down, right? Evaluate the kind of allocation you have. If you're into stocks, evaluate those individual equities that you have this is earnings season as i mentioned so maybe listen to those conference calls or those press releases that come out identifying if the company is going the direction that you think it is supposed to go for the long term if you want to maintain it and if you of course need any assistant contact a financial professional and just make sure that they're doing the best they can for you right there's a reason why we ourselves release this kind of podcast just to keep the public informed and on that note, we'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general and informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice and or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about financial literacy. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices reference or for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.